You're listening to Consciously Crude. Unapologetic truths the collective is ready for. Granting permission for the incognito spiritual badass to dive deeper into the magic of their universe. Come out of the spiritual closet. Awaken your courageous heart. Step deeper into your divine power. These are the quantum upgrades your matrix is ready for. Let's dive deep. Hello and welcome everyone to episode seven, stepping off the relationship escalator. I'm really excited for this one, especially to have a conversation with you, Amanda, about relationships, because this is such a big part of how you help people. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so, I'm, I love this stuff. This is like the bread and butter of, of what I do. So I love this and I'm so glad we're talking about this today. Yeah. So I thought it would be cool if we each sort of gave an explanation of what our romantic relationship models were growing up. Um, This is something that I always think about for myself because I came from a divorced home. So Mm -hmm. my parents were divorced when I was four years old and they dated for a little bit during my childhood. But one of the big things that always sticks out to me is that my mother decided that she wasn't going to date and she was very vocal about this to me and my sister um, and that her intention was to focus on her business and her children. Mm -hmm. And so I saw my mother work really hard and not date for 10 plus years Mm -hmm. and was a strong independent woman just doing her own thing. Um, And yeah, with my recent decisions on my relationship, which I'm sure we'll get into, I I see a lot of that reflected in me. So it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think that you and I both have tons of unique experience that today we're going to, we're going to share. And um, I think that our, your story is really relatable. I mean, I I say that because it's very much, it's very similar to my story in that my parents also separated. They separated when I was older so I, I, I witnessed their relationship shift and change over many years. Mm. Um, I do remember, I do have some memories of them, like, you know, happily married and, and, you know, cuddling and all this stuff. But there came a time where um, as we got older, it just, you, you couldn't help but notice that, you know, not sleeping in the same bedroom anymore. Suddenly we're not talking as much at dinner. Everything's kind of quiet. And it just... Mm my my relationship with conflict, I've really had to um, work on that on my own because it wasn't, and I mean, again, my parents did amazing jobs. It's not to, it's not to um, hate on my parents or anything. It's about just recognizing that there was conflict that was not resolved in that, in that marriage and that mm. I was starting to take that on in my relationships with my partners. Um, so yeah. interesting. Yeah. And like, and then when I think about when I was young, I, I used to go to a babysitter from age you know, four, four to 12. And she was also a single mom running a mm. business. Like, I think that it's so, um, I see it a lot with, with separated parents is that typically I see a lot of mothers who go, well, I'm just going to focus on the kids mm-hmm. and make that my priority. And that's not always the case, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's just a really relatable experience. I think that what you and I have both experienced, a lot of people have experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something about women that is so powerful that can allow them to step into that, right? And Mm -hmm. access that strength and that resilience that is so remarkable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think of the traditional relationship escalator, (laughs) 
what does that mean to you and um how is how has it changed as we've progressed more into this conscious state and this conscious relationship desire absolutely uh this was a term that a friend of mine her name is Ezel she um she brought this this idea of the relationship escalator to my awareness and i thought that is so accurate mm. this assumption that we are going to from a young age it's like if you know this is and this is kind of the the narrative that i remember experiencing as a young girl was you know you meet a boy and you you know go to school and you hopefully get to university get a good job get benefits get stable security mm -hmm. in your profession then you'll buy a house with this boy and you will um, have maybe 2.5 kids picket fence dog um, mm -hmm. and then that's your life the, the end <laughs> it's kind of like you've you've exhausted all of your potential at that point it was never never when i was young was it about um you know becoming an independent sovereign being it was always about um and, and you think about when you think about the the shows that you watch on tv from a young age it's like every show that's geared toward um little boys tends to be gendered so that you know there's a little there's a hero he is mm. you know fighting for for good he is you know leading the pack and there's always some big bad problem to solve and maybe there is a female co-star maybe there is a female interest but she's not really in the forefront of the story she's just mm. kind of there mm. and then if you watch uh television shows geared towards little girls it is geared towards showing little girls that all of their value revolves around getting the boy in class that the popular girl actually wants to get and it's always like okay. the underdog girl who like is kind of like kind of attractive but doesn't know it yet and like is gonna somehow woo this guy and it's like right you look at these two narratives and even side by side it's no wonder that women and men have such a challenge <laughs> with conflict with each other because yeah. the focus is entirely different there's no um there are very few narratives at least from from many years ago that really um lent way to women becoming the heroes of their story and very mm. few narratives that lent towards little boys like you know wanting to have a romantic relationship it was never about that right so you have these two conflicting stories or timelines that are just going in different directions uh with no with no harmony or meeting in the middle and it's just so interesting to see um and so that relationship escalator i think it it shows up in that way but yet just because it exists doesn't mean that everybody knows how to even operate within that paradigm it's so confusing right. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's not uh, like instinctual for us or even feels good for us, but we're there experiencing it because we feel like we're supposed to, or this is the right next step. Mm -hmm. And then you look around and it's like everything's so out of alignment and you don't even, for me, when I find myself in that space, it's like, it's hard for even me to find myself within mm -hmm. that space. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah so and and i think you touched on something interesting there about how you know women will after separation spend a lot of time focusing on the kids right and we then you went and jumped to how um in tv shows it's reflected that women's worth is tied towards getting that man and that equals then a family and safety and security right, right. and so you can see how when that separation does occur how it would be a conditioned tendency to just automatically go focus on the kids at that point mm -hmm. and again, not really sink into what do you want as a woman? 
what yeah. pleasures do you want to allow yourself and sink into and access? Mm-hmm. It's tough. It is. It is. And and it's like, just to piggyback off of that, it's like you can have both. You can still take care of the kids and you can still date. You can still do all the things you want to do. Um, I think it's that when the focus becomes so singular and just like almost like horse blinders that are like, we're going only this way. And like, we can't look at anything else because this is now the only thing that matters. And um, I think that women ought to allow themselves to be multidimensional beings that get to change their mind and change over time that they don't have to be uh, just one way. And so, um, yeah, I guess that, that comes with just each person's individual journeys as they go through that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm experiencing this relationship escalator quite strongly in my current reality where Mike and I have, well, it'll be four years October. So that's coming up. We're Mm -hmm. almost halfway there. Man, time is like super (laughs) charged, right? (laughs) Um, But we have been butting heads for a good amount of time now. Way before the quarantine had happened, we were finding it very difficult to be in the same space. Um, And, you know, we moved in quite quickly into our relationship within the first year. And on top of that, we worked side by side uh, during that time as well when when I was personal training. So it was like a lot of time together, which was amazing. But... I didn't recognize how much of a Claire empath I was when we started dating and how much I did take on unconsciously and played into a very deep rooted codependency um, that uh, we, we both played into really. Mm-hmm. And we found ourselves in this place of like, oh, this feels awful. This relationship is not an alignment I can't find myself. I can't focus on my business the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not having sex. We're not going on dates. Like, this is not the relationship that I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. And so we would play the whole breakup game and dance, right? And, and mm-hmm. try that on and, and take space. And it's like, no, that doesn't feel good either. And it, and it wasn't from this codependent place anymore. It was really from my heart, loving this man and grown with him for so long and wanting to that to continue and and you know we're not dealing with any make it or break it's in the relationship in terms of like abuse or lying cheating like any of those things like gotcha both being open and honest there's so much love but it's just batting heads right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so what were like how did you differentiate for yourself the difference between you were saying there was like that original codependency mm-hmm. and then making the decision to go, we actually have a different solution here mm. uh, that we can give a try. What, what was like that tipping point? Um, well, so <laughs> that's <laughs> a loaded question. I think yeah. it first started with, okay, now the awareness is here. I am clearly rescuing and mothering this person and mm-hmm. he is allowing that to happen in his way. And he's, you know, being more in that victim uh, space. And mm-hmm. so how can I see this and not act on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very challenging for me. And I don't think I've mastered that at all yet. And that's part of the reason why we have to take space mm-hmm. is because I do have a tendency to always want to help and rescue and fix and that's that's for me to look at i'm Mm -hmm. 
I'm needing to heal that space in myself. And it's very much linked to the decision that I've made and the healing that's involved with that. Right? If I'm with my partner and I'm constantly wanting to fix him, there's clearly something in my own vibration that I need to address, that I mm -hmm. want to shift and, and I don't want to use the word fix. I just right. alchemize. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, for the longest time, I had this deep desire, this dream of living on my own, having my own space, yeah, having my sacred area of just me. Mm -hmm. And there was so much judgment around that. Mm -hmm. So much judgment of like, I can't have that. It's not financially responsible. It doesn't make sense. This is not the next step on the relationship escalator. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> look right. So yeah, you're going so the wrong judgment. way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it was so much of a tipping point. It was a constant um, and consistent trying of stepping back as the rescuer in my relationship mm -hmm. and recognizing that I'm actually not able to do that while I'm still sharing the same space with this person. Yeah. And I had to have so much self-compassion and acceptance with that. I don't like that piece of me. It's mm -hmm. not something that I, I'm like shouting from the rooftops and sharing with the world. It's, it's a vulnerable space in my heart that I am reclaiming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, with the programming of the, of that, you know, quote unquote relationship escalator where like, you know, if you're with someone naturally you're going to move in and naturally the next step is, I don't know, marriage maybe or kids, whatever that, that next concept is that we would traditionally think of. Mm. It's like, how dare you take a step back? Like how dare right. you go backwards and still progress? Like that's not how this works. And yeah. Or your failure or like all the, the messaging that come through right. with that, right? Yeah. Right. And it's like, I've heard so much um, success in relationships that are able to take that space. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you're taking space like you're not seeing each other anymore. Um, it's, you know, maybe the couple that has two separate bedrooms because they recognize right. that they just don't share a bedroom the same way. Like I, I know people that, you know, with their partner, their partner's bedroom is a mess and they're so clean and they're like, I'm just tired of trying to make them be who I want them to be. Right. Let them be messy. Let right. them be a total, like, you know, let them live in their chaos if that's what yeah. they want. I can have my own bedroom and then we can like play sleepover and like jump from room to room if that's what we want. Yet, yeah. you know, when we look at the way that, even the way that houses are built, it's like there's the one master bedroom with the one master bathroom. Master. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, God forbid, two sovereign adults just want some space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? I posted a video on my Instagram talking about this, and I got a lot of people reaching out to me, a lot of questions like, you can do that? Like, that's a thing? Like, oh yeah. my gosh. And also <laughs> people that have already stepped into that in their own relationships, which I think is so amazing. And, mm -hmm. you know, giving them an opportunity to share that experience as I share my own. And one of the funniest comments was like, yeah, we've, sh we have two separate bedrooms. It makes things a lot less murdery over here. <laughs> there you go. Right. It's like, why, why wouldn't we want our own space? Like I think, mm -hmm. about, and you think about these, uh, so often from women, I work with a lot of mothers and um, so often they find that they don't ever have their own space. 
Right. It's like they never have just a moment to themselves. They never have a moment without someone needing them or asking them for something. Right. And the reality is, it's like, well, what would happen if you created your own sacred space for yourself? How would that change your relationships? <sighs> Feels expansive. <laughs> yeah, you're like a big breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. And I think it's a really great opportunity, especially as you know the consciousness is shifting and as people are becoming more aware of these different solutions that you get to create your own solution. Mm -hmm. Like you get to create your own ideal relationship, but you must yeah. first be willing to declare what you need. Yeah. And if you're not willing to declare it, then of course you're always going to be trying to, um, it, you know, you're on that escalator and you're not even like, you're like, I never even wanted to be on here in the first place. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And acknowledging that you can step off. You can be like, this doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. 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 So what do you think is, I mean, we've talked about space being a big factor, mm -hmm. but what do you think is the main reasons relationships do struggle? Yeah, there are so many, there, there's a lot to say about this. This is something that my partner and mm -hmm. I, Roberto, we're working, um, you know, our masterclass that we offer, Reignite the Fire. We talk about this. We talk about why um, relationships struggle to maintain that fire, to maintain that, that, that spark that everyone wants. Right. And, um, we have six key necessities and, uh, you know, we talk about how it's so important to have these six keys and a big one being sovereignty, right. Being your ability to like govern and rule your own emotions, your own life, your own experiences, and not fuse them with your partner or the attachments to, what you think your partner is supposed to do for you. Right. Yes. So if, you, if you have these like, you know, assumptions that it's like, well, my partner is going to meet my needs. We're going to just like, you know, gallivant off into the sunset together. And we're going to be like, you know, merry and happy for the rest of our lives. It's like, well, there's always going to be conflict in relationships. Mm -hmm. The best relationships will still have conflict. They'll just know how to manage it. Yeah. So if you don't know how to manage conflict within yourself, if you're experiencing, do I want this? Do I want that? Should I say yes? Should I say no? How do I feel about this? Ah, I can't tell. Why mm. is this problem still coming up? Like you're constantly mm. cycling through the same conflicts within yourself. It's like, come on, we got we to gotta find a way to navigate that because yeah. that's not going to go away. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to remember how all of our relationships and our interactions with other humans are mirrors and reflections of that internal world. Yeah. And if you have that conflict within yourself, your subconscious is seeking someone else like a like submarine missile, you know, <laughs> with yeah. the, the mirrored wound of yours. And it's going to bring out that conflict time and time again for you to see it in a different way and acknowledge it and, and really like honor that part of yourself. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we forget and that holds us back from creating our own realities mm. is that we have to mm. first understand that our reality is created from that internal world, not the external expectation. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause then we could, we could seek out the, you know, on paper, the perfect person. We could find them right. and be like, ah, oh, this person's perfect. Wow. They meet all my needs. But it's like, you're then looking at them through the lens of your own expectations of perfection. Absolutely. You're not actually willing to see them for who they truly are. The moment they end up being a human being, just like the rest of the people, you know, 
there's disappointment. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, they're not that, that knight in shining armor, you know, for lack of better terminology here. Like they're not that, they're not that perfect human being. Oh, there are no good people out there. It's like, no, that person is a, is an exceptional human being. But if you paint them with the, with the brush that they are not perfect, you're going to get to be right. They're of course not perfect. Absolutely. And if you have expectations in your own self to be perfect and to have everything figured out, then like you're just going to be met with turmoil, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> babe. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> okay. So I really think that one episode we should have Roberto on here and you guys can talk about us to us about those six keys because those sound very intriguing. Yes, um, Absolutely. But like, could you give the listeners some, maybe some questions that they could ask themselves about the relationship they're in or whatever you think would be helpful? Yeah. There's like a really telling question that we ask our students, which is, you know, if I were single right now, would I choose to date my partner? Ooh. Which is like so triggering for so many people (laughs) um, and very illuminating because, you know, you might recognize like, wow, do I even want to be in this relationship? Do I even yeah. like this person? Like I might love them, but do I like them? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a couple moments like that in past relationships, recognizing how much love I had for someone and yet so little in common and so little interest in actually being with them. I was like, whoa, that is super telling of where right. I'm at in my priorities. So right. yeah. I actually asked myself that question recently. And again, going back to like my, my example of a relationship growing up coming from that divorced home. And this was true from all my past relationships is if something comes up, fuck it, I'm out of there. I can Mm -hmm. leave easily, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's no problem for me. I can go and make my own life again. No problem. Right. And so when all this conflict was experienced, that was my instinct is like, all right, we're going to go now. See you. Bye. (laughs) Um, But I knew that that wasn't right. And I kept asking myself that question. If I was single, would I still choose Mike? And I was shocked every time the answer very viscerally, I would feel was a yes. And Mm -hmm. it just shows me that like, yeah, we're having issues and we're both involved in those issues. And there still can be a lot of love there and growth to have. If yeah. you just honor what we need and like give ourselves what's in our heart and what we desire. Yeah, absolutely. It is so true. Mm. So, you know, when we're looking at, um, you know, that those questions that you ask yourself, was there ever, um, was there ever a question that you asked yourself where you were, um, I'm trying to think of where I'm going with this. I had, I had something. <laughs> I'm thinking like, was there ever a relationship where you were telling yourself yes and then later realized that there was a veil or an illusion? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I like to hang on to what's not good for me for a very long time. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It's even in my human design. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I have had relationships in the past where, you know, it's not working out. It's bad. And I cling and grasp and hold on to that relationship. And when I reflect back on it, that comes from a place of feeling unworthy, right? Of feeling not enough. And so there's no one else out there in the world. It's only this person in front of me. And if they don't want me, well, I guess nobody will. So I need to like really hold on to this relationship. Mm. And that's very different. 
Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm realizing why that question came into my consciousness Perfect. is because there's also the inverse of that, right? It's like, right. it's the, you're no good for me. Like I deserve better syndrome. Like, you know, I can go find someone better. Mm -hmm. See you later. Mm. And what that does is it puts this like lens of I'm more enlightened than you. I'm yeah. smarter than you. I'm further along. And you're like your baggage that I have to drag around. Yeah. And yeah. I think that a worthy person, someone who truly believes they're worthy, doesn't put that, doesn't put other people down like that. Right. Because if they see their own worth, they see the worth in others too. Yeah. So this idea of like, oh, well, if no, if you don't want me, then no one will. I'm not worthy. And then the inverse of that same kind of syndrome of like, well, I deserve better. You don't meet my right. needs and see you later is, is not really addressing the root issue. It's not really addressing the root problem, which is within. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's to see that everybody is whole. And if you are having an issue of seeing that the other person is whole, that that issue is within you. You're just not able to see it right now at the current vibration that you're in. And that's okay. You don't have to hate on yourself for that. That's fine. <laughs> but it's to recognize that that person in front of you is whole as he is. You can take him or you leave him. Mm -hmm. But you can't try to mold him and to push him and to criticize him. That's just not kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot of needing to, I mean, we've talked about this so many times, but that, you know, that we marry our mirrors or that yeah. we, you know, we pair bond with our mirrors because um, ultimately like the work that from, you know, the soul level that we need to do when we recognize it in someone else, we can't necessarily recognize that it's our own work. Right. Until right. we're triggered and we're like, oh, oh wait, that's actually me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, if you have, and I think that there's also that, um, that differentiator too of like, when do we draw the line of like, you know, this is something that we can work on together in a healthy, progressive, you know, growth mindset kind of attitude mm. versus this is plain abusive and right. spiritually bypassing this with, oh, but they're my twin flame. Oh, oh but fuck like, that. It's like, no, this person no. is abusive. You're in this abusive pattern. You won't, you're right. not allowing yourself to step out of this spiral and you're, yeah, you're perpetuating the same, the same problem for yourself. Um, right. So in those situations, I like to ask people why they, like the question I ask is like, why do you believe that you're deserving of this kind of relationship, this kind of abuse? And if you don't believe that other people are, if you're like, well, no one deserves to be in an abusive relationship yet for some reason you do, it's like, why are you so special? Mm. Like, why do you have to bear the cross? Why do you have to be the martyr that has to mm -hmm. endure this abuse? It's not, there's nothing honorable about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely for me a massive pattern in my past. Mm. And, uh, and it was, it was like, well, you know, they're doing their best that they can. And it's like, well, someone punching you in the face can be doing the best that they can, but that doesn't mean you have to endure it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear that all the time working with like young healers and empaths who are first recognizing that they are that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had this one young woman she was gorgeous this summer and she said to me and i'll never forget well i'm such a strong empath that i can take other people's pain on and so like i i want to do that so that they don't have to suffer and i was like girl but 
why do you get to suffer? Like, why do you have to be the one that holds on to that? Like, you don't deserve that. Your soul yeah. doesn't want that. And your soul's not here to take and hold the pain of others. No. You can sit and witness and you can love. But I see that all the time of like, yeah, like we get stuck in these roles of hierarchy almost mm -hmm. and putting one person's needs on a pedestal before our own and mm -hmm. really like not being even in tuned with our own needs. And so it's easier to meet those needs of others. Yeah. I think it becomes a, a, we're talking a lot about worth, you know, value yeah. and worth. And I think that value and worth have been um, fed to us uh, in a way that it's like, well, this is what makes a man worthy. This is what makes a woman worthy. This is what makes a woman a real woman. This right. is what makes a man a real man. And it's just all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's it's ingrained in those TV kid shows that we yeah. talked about at the very beginning, right? Oh yeah. my God. It is like appalling to watch some of the stuff that my stepson watches. I'm watching it on yeah. TV and I'm like, we're going to have a talk about that later and why that's messed <laughs> up. Um, and also just filtering like, and I think that there's this like, you know, I, at the same, on the flip side of the same coin, I'm not going to be able to filter everything he receives. I'm right. not going to be able to be like, stop watching that and watch this instead. And there's going to be messaging no matter yeah. where it is. It's teaching children and teaching ourselves that like, there is no worth outside of ourselves. Yeah. There is no real worth. There can be, you know, external validation. We're human beings. We, we're going to seek some external validation right? If we were like never externally validated, we would just go out into public and maybe people would do completely whatever they wanted. And maybe that would be great. Maybe it wouldn't. But when, we, when we're talking about from a pure love vibration, mm -hmm. you know, that validation of I am already enough, I'm already worthy. There's nothing outside of me that, that deems me worthy, not my job, not my friends, not my home, not what I wear, not what I look like. Um, and that's not taught to children. That's not taught because God forbid we have a society of empowered people. <laughs> so that's our job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there's so many non-conventional relationships that have been coming out. Uh, you know, I think one thing that social media is such a blessing is uh, connecting and expressing and sharing these authentic experiences, right? Yeah. I came across one Instagram page and I was fascinated by their relationship dynamic where they were in an open relationship and they were primary partners who shared a home, shared a bed, would hold hands and kiss, shared a bank mm -hmm. account and vacation. Mm -hmm. but they had never had sex. Mm -hmm. Sex happened out of their relationship with other people. And that's what worked for them. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I would feel about that, but like that works for them. So like, wow, how beautiful that you allow yourself to step into that. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. I totally agree. It's like, why, why do you have to have the needs of like everybody else's expectations of what that living situation is supposed to look like? Like, why does it have to fit within everybody else's box? What if you're right. just like, but that doesn't feel good for me. Right. Um, I think that is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think about so many people who, I mean, as we think about the way that people change over lifetimes, right? It's like the person that you maybe want to have children with and, you know, raise a family with may not be the person that you want to like have dirty, raunchy, fucked up sex with. Yeah. Um, they might be the same person. Like, that's amazing if it is. That's just not the case for everyone. 
Right. So there's this expectation of like, till death do us part. Like that is some kind of honorable badge of, you know, to like, to wear, if you've Mm -hmm. suffered through your relationship to make it to death, I'm like, you're already dying in your relationship. Your soul is dying right now, but you're too concerned about this physical realm. Like you are not happy. You're already in hell. So like maybe it's important to put what you need first and concern yourself less with what people think, which of course is so much easier said than done for many people. It's Um, a practice. Total practice, still something that I work on and still find little shadows of all the time. Um, It's something that I think when we look at the traditional relationship model and these non-conventional relationships, like it can really trigger people. Oh yeah. Because they're like, well, but how can you, how can you have a primary partner and, and have sex with all these other people? Like, and, and again, it puts the worth in, you're only worthy as my partner if you only sleep with me. Yeah. You're only yeah. worthy to me if, you're, if, you're, if I'm the only one that, is, that matters to you. And it's like, oh my God, is that unconditional love? I don't think so. It's kind of creepy. Um, it is really like, it's messed up, but it's, <laughs> but it's the way that it's, it's packaged, right? It's like, right. It, and I think that monogamy and traditional relationship models certainly work for many people. Yeah. Um, however, I think there are many relationships that, attempt to fit in that box and struggle and that relationships do struggle and, and even fail because they're trying to copy paste something mm-hmm. that does not fit for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a letting go of the identity of the person who believes that that is the exact way to do things mm-hmm. open to a completely do, new model. Mm-hmm. Sinking in, sinking away from, like thinking and rationalizing the experience and moving to feeling the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Coming into that heart and really sinking into what is coming up for you. How is mm-hmm. your energy when you're in the presence of this person? Mm-hmm. Are you open? Are you closed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you think about the way that times have changed too, I mean, like our society is not the same society that it was 2000 years ago. Right. So, like, why would we be doing the things the same way? Right. Like, it if seems like has a- an answer to that. You can you can write it in the comments <laughs> below. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, and there are some things that is are worth carrying forward. It's like, okay, yeah, that tradition or that that way of being is really valuable. But then I think there are other things that there's been resistance to letting go of because of the way that we've put it in that hierarchy of importance and of value and of worth in our minds right. as. If I don't have this, then I'm a failure. I'm, you know, a cat lady who's going to die alone. And that makes <laughs> me like, what if you love cats and you want to be alone when you die? Because you're like, I like my space. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, <laughs> I think that there's just so much that we can layer onto our, our worth and it's so not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of that. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. There's one, uh, non-traditional relationship model that came into my awareness um, probably about a year ago. And I immediately was like, oh, and I'd never, ever, ever heard of it before. Tell and us. It's, it's super hot and sexy. It's this um, concept called hot wives. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. A hot wife is when you're in a relationship, you're like you're married or you're, you're with someone, but they pick out suitors for you <gasps> and they get out of being like, I've picked out someone for you tonight and you're going to come back and tell me all about it. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> oh that is spicy. I'm here right? for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, and I think that especially as women, there's like this amazing book that I highly recommend to everyone. 
Um, it's by Dr. Wednesday Martin and it's called Untrue. And it's a book about how society has groomed us to believe that women present themselves sexually in a certain way. But really, when we look at all of the research, um, it's very uh, confounded in like, (laughs) there's problems with the fact that like, it's all written by men. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like there's a lot of other research that supports the opposite. Right. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of studies that ultimately presume that actually as human beings we're naturally more polyamorous. Naturally, women have a higher sex drive. They want greater diversity and novelty. They don't necessarily want to just settle down and commit. You know, when rather they can commit many ways, but they don't just want to settle down and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a housewife. And at, you know, and again, that that may be very well what many people want, and that's yes. so okay. Yes. This is a conversation for the people that are like, that doesn't fit for me anymore. Yeah. And I think for me, stepping into this world of relationships, there's been a huge, um, my heart has opened to this idea that I'm like, my heart is so expressive. Mm. When I was a kid, when I was just a little girl, I remember having like four boyfriends in kindergarten. Mm. And I'm like, I have all these boyfriends. And like, that was so normal and playful and natural. And that's not the case for me now. Though I'm not opposed to that to those ideas because I'm not in rejection of my shadow. Yes. I'm not creating a hierarchy of like, well, that would be wrong and that's not appropriate and society doesn't want that. I'm like, bitch, I can do whatever I want as long as it's consenting. So like, why are we so afraid of these really spicy, fun, different ways of being? Um, I think because there's so much shame attached yeah. to it. Yeah. We don't and, feel worthy of them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I think there's so many, we're, we're totally going to dive into a bunch, a bunch of topics I feel with this podcast. And I would love to have some, some guests join us and talk about some different relationship models. So if you're listening and you want to be on our, our podcast and talk to with us about, you know, how you show up in your relationships and how it's different and how it can enlighten people to maybe explore other opportunities, like yeah. hit us up, message us. We want to chat with you for sure. Yeah, this is all about giving others permission, right, to step into whatever it is that they need to and they want to and desire. So, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Yes. Amazing. All right, babe. All righty. Until next time, <laughs> we will see you later and hope that you uh, check out our, the rest of our episodes. We have so much great content and more coming your way. Thanks for tuning into the show this week. We are so grateful for another opportunity to dive deep with you. If you want to connect with us even further, head to our website, www.consciouslycrude.com. There you will find how to get in touch with both of us, upcoming events and workshops, and links to our social media platforms. We always welcome your input, so feel free to comment your questions, make guest suggestions, and let us know what you learned. And it is so, so, so appreciated that you please rate, comment, and share so we can grow this Conscious Collective platform. With gratitude, Amanda and Jazz.